You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, TJ Lang is joining us. It's an exciting time because it's January 19th and we're still playing meaningful games. I don't have to care about mock drafts. The questions are numerous for Mr. Thomas John Lang. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to throw a number out. You have something you want to talk TJ about. You are welcome to. Um, but what, I have two questions for this man, Rico, before you two fight like cats and dogs. It's adorable. It's become a favorite Friday tradition. Oh, please. I love We TJ. call it a segment known as when mommy and daddy fight. So listen, A, what the hell can we expect from James Houston who hasn't played in over four months? What do you know? What do you say? Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say 12 to 15 snaps. Passing you know, only eight, downs. Yeah, third down, third and long. Get out there and uh, let's see what you got. Kind of like what they did with uh, Bruce Irvin when he first got here. They will give you, you know, 10 snaps, 12 snaps maybe. And okay. If you take advantage, you know, maybe you expand the role there. But I think Knock that... Knock the QB uh, out. Yeah. Well, look, I think the, the blueprint for Coach and how he treats guys coming back uh, from injury... Is there right? He always says, "Hey, we got to get him in a game shape. We're not going to throw him out there and expect him to go play 40, 50 snaps." He's James Houston's been out for a long time. It was Seattle game, I think, week two, wow. right? So it's been a long time. Yeah, broke so, his ankle. You know, he's he's got to get back into football shape a little bit. It's hard to do in practice, so that's why I think you say, "Hey, you know, start off with uh, maybe eight snaps, right?" And if he can get you a couple pressures, then start expanding his role a little bit. All right. Question two. Last week, you waltzed into the studio. You were on a scale of 1 to 10 confidence-wise in 11. We're going to destroy this team. Mike, you're being a scaredy cat. La-di-da. So now that you're, you're playing the Bucks, do you share the same confidence, or has the former player in you uh, decided to make an appearance and go, wait a minute now, it's a divisional round. The other guys are getting paid too. Yeah. Or do you think this team's just going to steamroll? No, I don't think steamroll. No, I don't. He's back, people. Um, Okay, here's what I'd say. I, I Calling all blacks. I feel confident. Um, do I think it's going to be a close game? Yeah, I do. I think a lot of the fans are kind of us underestimating uh, this Tampa team, and especially their defense. Their defense is legit now. Um, but would I be surprised if it was, you know, 31 to 17 type of game? I don't think I'd be surprised there either. But you, do, you, you get it, man. You, you've been around long enough where you see these playoff games and and weird things happen. They're and scary. Yeah, yeah. Anything can happen, right? And and the Bucks. I mean, look, we know Philly was kind of on a, a downward spiral for the last two months, but I mean, that's the defending NFC championship, NFC champs that when you, watch you that completely game. dismantled. So this team's when you Tampa's watch that pretty game, good about though, TJ, your former player. Now I know players get upset if you say stuff like this, but I'm just going to say they looked like they were not interested in playing money for football that day. 
They looked like they got off the flight and went, is this over yet? You mean football they, for money? Yeah. They look like they've been in that mode for the last month, though. But Even I've against never, the Giants. They, they looked like they didn't want to be there. I've seen it. They were in the Super Bowl. They got a good roster, and they look like they're like, we're not playing football for money. Yeah, and it I was weird. It was weird. And, and I thought that, hey, they've got enough veterans on that team that yes. have been to a couple Super Bowls, right? Lane Johnson, uh, Kelsey. These guys have been to two Super Bowls. Maybe they can get them going now that it's playoff mode. Hey, Regular season, we didn't end it right, but clearly something was wrong there. Clearly something was wrong. And Philly, you know, they just uh, they hit a wall, man, and it was all downhill. And you, Nick Sirianni could not figure it out. But Breaks your heart. Look, Tampa whooped them. Tampa whooped them, right? That could have been a 40-point game, <laughs> the game that I was watching. I mean, they whooped them. So uh, I guarantee you this team is not taking – Tampa Bay lightly. I've heard a couple people throughout the week say, oh, we're going to blast them. We're going to do this all week. Careful with that now because this is one of the best defenses that you faced all season. Uh, And they're better than when you played them in in week four, week five, whenever that was. They're a lot better in your mind. What makes them better now than then? I think their confidence level. Their confidence level right now, and you can hear it. I I go back and kind of rewatch their press conferences throughout the week and the postgame stuff. Honestly, they're kind of talking the way that our defense is talking. You hear C.J. Carter-Johnson talk. I mean, I don't well, know if there's a more no, no, no. You know, confident you guy that. than him. No, I'm glad you said that. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, did he poke the bear? Did he do something that really wasn't necessary going out there saying the quote, if you give that Tampa group a good quarterback, that's a great group. And then he goes on and says, Mike Evan, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, who hasn't played all year. That's a great Oops. group. <laughs> I played against them for real. Like, yeah. Basically calling out saying Baker Mayfield is trash. Yeah. I, no, he said it. You, no, I know he said it. Kind of wonder what he meant by Did he mean to take it? I mean, no one surprised me because CJ is no, the I trash think this talking was one of those, type of guy. Yeah, if you had um, a real quarterback, we'd respect you Yeah, is how I took it. Yeah, I mean. Could now, Baker been, was just like, yeah, dude, yeah, um, Russell Gage hasn't played all year. <laughs> right. He may need to go watch more film. Yeah, and look, Baker's playing at a high level. I mean, he is. He he still makes a couple mistakes, you know, every once in a while. But uh, even last week, I mean, how many balls did Tampa Bay drop? I mean, uh, he seventeen. Roughly. He could have thrown for probably a hundred more yards in that game. And that's right? what I'm saying. Like, did that light the fire? Like, here's the thing: Mike thinks we argue. TJ came and dropped the knowledge oh, on I Sunday. Loved it. it was great. It was the pregame show. Green Bay is winning, and I and I just asked. Are players watching this game, or do the coaches have them in a in the Doug Karsh bubble where they're not allowed to know what's going on in the world? And TJ's like, no, no, they're watching this game. And I think everything changed at that moment because you saw what happens if you take a team for granted. I think Dallas did that. So now I'm just wondering, does this light a fire under Baker Mayfield that – I just got called out publicly. <laughs> it could, but, you know, like Baker, guys, don't drop a pass. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, Baker's kind of had that chip on his shoulder for a long time now, right? Like, you know what you're going to get from him. He's a competitive guy. He's in kind of a, I'm not going to say arrogant, but he plays with that swagger and that cockiness that, uh, you know, he's the guy. And I think that that rubs off on the rest of the team. Like, that, it's contagious, his attitude. You see that uh, the, the Tampa Bay whole, the entire team played with that type of confidence that Baker has. And, uh, I think it's turned into a good story. You know, I think the story last week with Stafford and Goff and their history and with McVay, there's kind of a similar story this week again where you've got two former number one picks playing for different teams that are trying to rebuild themselves, right? And both yeah. still trying to cement their legacy. Um, I have uh, I have a lot of respect for Baker. I think when he first came in, it was like, nobody likes this. You can't act like this when you're a rookie. You haven't done anything, right? And then he fell to rock bottom. 
Now he's climbing his way back up, much like we saw Goff do towards the second half of last season and really start to become uh, a, a very mature player and a, a mature uh, teammate and a mature guy. Uh, Baker's kind of on that same path, so I have respect for him. But sure, he's probably he is that type of guy that you probably say, hey, that's a you know good sweatshirt you're wearing there. Oh, he didn't say it's great. That's a tip on my shoulder. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys that probably tries to find any little slight yeah, uh, this to, one to put on his shoulder. Though. No, that's... This one's a little yeah, slight. CJ probably meant to call him out. Maybe he did. That's who he is. But, um, look, I mean, it's it's such a fascinating game because I, I just really don't know what to expect. I think last week, being in the locker room during the week, talking to a lot of offensive guys, Going into that Rams game, the vibe was kind of like, we're going to have to score some points, right? They've got a good offense. And and the way the game turned out, you know, it wasn't super high scoring, but the offense did that. They were 3-for-3 three three in the red zone. Defense, obviously, you know, 0-for-3 in the red zone for the Rams. I got the feeling more this week that the defense is like, we're going to have to go win this one because we know what our offense is up against. Now, I'm glad you get them at home because a lot of what – uh, Tampa Bay does with their pressure, you know, they're especially at home last week against Philly. A lot of it is timing up the snap and timing up the silent mm-hmm. count, and and you you have a big advantage when you're at home. When you're on the road as a defense trying to do that, you're a step slower. You know what I mean? There's a half a fraction of a second where maybe now you give the quarterback an extra second to see the blitz, or you give the running back an extra half second to see uh, where the pressure's coming from. So I think the Lions are going to have an advantage uh, when it comes to facing all the pressure that Tampa Bay likes to dish out, but. I think this is going to be – I wouldn't be surprised to see it kind of as a punt fest in the first half. You know what I mean? Where both offenses are just trying to feel their way out. And see, that's not a good thing. What are thing. we going to do? Like last week was a score fest, no, no, right? No. To I, start the game, and then it turned into a punt fest. I, I, I could see the opposite maybe happening this week. TJ, a punt fest in the first half. Yeah, that's not a good thing for the Lions. No, that's I good hope for the it doesn't. It's yeah. not a good thing for my over. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> What props you got this week, Mike? Uh, honestly, what's your favorite? Uh, Trey Palmer. And <laughs> well, that always touchdown. comes back to him. <laughs> Trey Palmer. And just, win, just don't win by seven. All right, plus four thirty. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm. I'm not betting the game. I mean it. It would be the over and a, six, and a little prop here. Or six there. and a half. I it think is. Last I, I don't. I don't. I don't feel like the Lions should be just given a touchdown away and, and Tampa easily with no running game. Baker could get pressured. Turn it to seven on seven. It, it could just, you could end up seeing them get yeah. boat raced a little bit. No, yeah. I, so here was the question, right? All right, Bowles blitz is 41% of the time. Well, clearly it didn't bother Jared Goff in the first matchup. Now, what did you see in the first matchup that allowed him to go 35 of 44 for 350 yards? And what would be different this time? How do you alter all these months? Or do you just take the first game tape and throw it out if you're Bowles and go, it's irrelevant? I. Honestly, I think it's irrelevant because it was so long ago. Like, I think there was some good things that maybe it could go back on and and say, okay, hey, this play really worked, or we like this individual matchup. Mm-hmm. We saw Amon Ra matched up with, uh, you know, Izian right in the slot. We like that matchup. We're going to favor him if we get that. Uh, but when it comes to uh, when it comes to repeat matchups, I think the comfort level is that. Guys like Frank Ragnow have gone against Vita Vea, right? You understand what kind of power he has. You understand, hey, when I tried to reach block him, he did this. So you have to have a different plan. But when it comes to probably schematics, you know, hey, they sent a lot of pressure. Hey, they played a lot of coverage. I, I don't think that matters because I think both teams are insanely different than what they were at that point of the year. Now, they weren't, Tampa was a different team. Uh, Baker kind of struggled to start the season off. He's playing at a much higher level. The Lions also, look, you didn't have Gibbs. You didn't. Montgomery got hurt in that game. 
you didn't have Jonah Jackson, right? So that's three key players. So you're a different team. You know what I mean? But I think that Jared Goff, something happened uh, in that Minnesota game when they won the NFC North up in Minnesota. And we knew that how much uh, Brian Flores loves the pressure. And they picked it up all day long. And I think he got sacked one time, and it ended up being on a three-man rush. But I think at that moment, that was the first game where I saw kind of nervous going into it with the amount of pressure. And we know the stats, Jared Goff, when he's blitzed, yeah, yeah. haven't been historically good. Uh, but something turned in that game where he started to trust the protection. He started to trust his running backs. He started to trust the wide receivers uh, adjusting their route or going hot, you know, if they see the slot coming. So I, I have confidence that Jared Goff has kind of gotten over that hump of being labeled as a bad quarterback when facing the blitz. Now, when facing pressure is different. That could be a four-man rush and, hey, yeah. the guy got beaten. You get pressure, that happens. Most quarterbacks are going to struggle. But when it comes to the blitz, he's taken a step forward over the past four games. And that's where I th- I think as long as he can continue to see it and adjust the play, which you're going to have an advantage being at home, uh, and get his guys on the right track, there's a ton of grass out there for these receivers and, and Sam Laporta and these running backs to, uh, to, to make some big plays. Outside of Winfield, to me, stinks. Yeah. People talk about Carlton Davis like he's special. I don't. I I don't get it. They're they're kind of there are a lot of bulldogs. You know what I mean? Like there there's nothing like you look at them and you're like, okay, probably not a ton of talent and kind of like our secondary a little bit where you I see. Say, I think they're opportunistic. Where if they, the blitz hits and you force the quarterback into a bad throw, I got the pick. Yeah, but they're frisky though. You know what I mean? Like they they never go away. You right? They're not these kind of guys that uh, you're just going to run by all day long. I mean, they're going to battle, and and you can appreciate that. You can respect it. I think this is going to be a big game for the coordinators. I think it's going to be a big cat and mouse game. Aaron Glenn, what are you going to change up? Uh, this week, we've seen two weeks in a row now where you've gotten into short yardage situations on defense. One against Minnesota, fourth and one, threw a bomb over your head, Justin Jefferson touchdown. Last week, third and one, threw a bomb over your head uh, to Puka Nakua for a touchdown. Right? I think you're going to have to. He missed your boy on another wide open one. Cup, yeah, I, that was the one. I, I didn't get the text. How the heck is this happening? <laughs> he sailed it over his head. I was about. I had that text ready, but he sailed it. But that's where I think Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson are going to have to earn it this week because it's it it might really come down to who can scheme up getting their guys in a more advantageous position because when you look at these two teams, I don't think it's one of these games offensively where you can say, hey, we're just going to do what we do and Good luck stopping us because they are a hell of a group, especially on the front seven against Tampa. So you're going to have to find some creative ways that maybe can give you one big play that makes a difference, right? We all know in playoffs, hey, you look back and say, what was the difference? Oh, well, we turned the ball over or we got a huge takeaway there in the second week? half. You know right? the difference in the game between winning and losing against the Rams? You went zone. forward on fourth down and got the touchdown. Sean McVay accepted field goal. Yeah. You yeah, win exactly. 24-23. Exactly. So a lot of it sometimes comes down to the, the – uh, you know, third downs and turnovers and red zone and and uh, all those little battles that, you know, you think, hey, we'll get it next time. But in playoffs, a lot of times you don't have next time. So Rico, it's going to come down to a lot of. I, I got to ask him our coordinator question. We're going to do it next. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a question, and it's going to give you an opportunity to call me stupid, which I know you relish. I oh, can't wait. It's going to be great. <laughs> We're going to have a great time. We're having a super time. <laughs> You're so stupid. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, TJ joining us. Get to the picks later in the hour. Get to who said it at four, which TJ routinely skips out on. It's tremendous. Uh, I wanted to ask you the coordinator question. It's a great opportunity to call me a complete idiot. Which I will. Is there any... Oh, you can do it regardless. Is there any concern, any validity to... Ben Johnson's got two interviews today, two interviews tomorrow, and you're coaching the biggest game of your life Sunday. Aaron Glenn has a couple interviews. How do you manage... Complete focus on one thing when you're applying for the job of a lifetime on the other. Any concern? From from Ben's point of view? From your point um, of view of being locked in. Look, players are locked in. Yeah. You're not thinking about anything else. No, no, no. I'm just asking because Cookie said it to me during cash ticket, and he's like, two interviews today, two interviews tomorrow. And I'm like... How do you totally lock in with that on your plate? Yeah, I, could be could be a challenge. I don't know, but I think maybe the good part is uh, he went through it last year. Yeah. So, and I know they they were out of the playoffs by then by that, right? He wasn't doing both at once, but um, that probably gave him some good experience on at least how to approach that and not make that you know the the main thing. Um, but see, I got to think sure. it's got to be easier now. Where you could just do things through Zoom. You don't or, have yeah. to actually. Go to the yeah, airport, he's not on a flight, fly, and coming back, you know, Sunday noon, right? Um, sure, I, I gotta, you know, you always want to have your mind focused on one thing, especially when the playoffs come. Um, I'm not a big fan that, you know, you can still do this while coaching a team, but you get the business. I mean, you know, you can't miss out on these opportunities. So it's a hell of an opportunity. But look, I think these guys, they're getting this opportunity for a for a reason because they're professionals because they know how to. Uh, you know, manage different issues, right? You know he's, what I mean. He's so, the commander's next coach, in my mind. It'd be interesting. So, who's he got lined up? I, I heard Washington was, you know, kind of. That's the one. It, like it, the it, team it, that it, had the most coming interest. out of DC. They it's, want Ben Johnson. It sounds like basically you come in here, you don't trip up and say anything stupid in the interview. We do a background check. We don't find out anything nefarious about you, and it's your job. Was there any links with the Chargers? I've just kind of been behind because nope. you look at that and say, I, I think mean, the, I think for, his name is on the Chargers, but I think this is one where if he interviews with the Commanders, they're going to make sure he doesn't leave. The old, we're not going to let you leave town, even though he doesn't have to go into town. But right. yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to lock this up in the next twenty four hours. We're talking to your agent. Tell us what you need. We're going to make this happen. Yeah, there's there's a chance you're I mean, losing both guys. I mean, the Aaron Glenn's team is picking up, too. Yeah. With the Titans. It's, here's the thing. I guess it happens every year. You know, and yep. coaches, I, you have to know how to handle it. I mean, every single year, the teams that make it to the Super Bowl are most likely. Look, last year, right? Philadelphia lost both their coordinators. Well, here's um, the good news. Yeah, how'd that work out? You, well, well oh, that's so, bad. But I'm saying. Yeah, Super Bowl could have gone either, either way, though, right? I mean. The, no, but then the next call. year you fell and. No, no, no. I, I, I get that. Yeah. And next no, but week, I'm talking about not the discussion, but it's. Losing, every, Aaron, every, yeah, losing Aaron Glenn at least means you're getting uh, some third round picks. So. 
True. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be a big issue. Okay. I don't. I, I, I think these ask. guys are – these guys are, I'm not going to call you an idiot. I think it is a, a good question. Go ahead. Um, but, Go ahead. Well, I, <laughs> I would love to, but <laughs> we, do, we do that enough. Yeah, um, I was going to say, really, it's fine. I think these guys are so professional, man. They know how to manage. Hey, I got an hour interview, but, you know, I'm right back under work. Here's the uh, other question. affect them. Why did you boo Kelly Stafford's kid? <laughs> That was ridiculous, wasn't it? I mean, we have it on camera. I mean, it was you. Yeah, well, I was right in her face. It was you. Yeah. Uh, What is wrong wrong with her? Seriously. Um, Honest opinion? And I think she said this before, Yeah, no, lie, TJ. Lie to me. I think she has... Well, I don't want to blast a player's wife, especially a guy I still call a friend. Uh, I'm not going to blast her, but she's even said this before. Roll tape, David. She has said this before that, you know, in Detroit... Right, they were A-list celebrities, mm. and she's even said, "Hey, being out in L.A., nobody knows who we are, and you know, it's all unless you're an actor or something, nobody gives a crap who you are. They don't care about athletes." Um, so I think there might be a part of it that's like, "Yeah, this is my way to kind of stay in the spotlight." Uh, but here's my issue, and I did walk by her and I said hi. She shows up wearing a. <laughs> that's not. Let me finish the story. She's wearing a Los Angeles Rams jacket with a giant Super Bowl patch yeah, on. Hello. So it's kind of like, are you not asking for it? Like it kind of looks like, hey, maybe you're rubbing it in type deal. Kind but of. for her to go after the fans and say they were booing her children, like, come on. But she's always done that. She's like, done it for a time no, and no, like you she backtracked and said. And then she did. But at first, I mean, it, it was huge story. Mike, that's like you taking a handicapped kid to the big house and getting booed and saying, they're booing this kid. No, they're not. They're booing you. They're booing me. They are not booing Bobby in his wheelchair. They're booing me. It's it's Mike booting out an entire handicapped section as far as the stadium for booty lounge. I got to be honest. I didn't even really hear the boos. I didn't even think they treated Stafford that. I mean, it was 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 fine. expecting like, hey, no, you're the enemy, right? But it wasn't egregious. Go to Philly. See how you get treated there. I don't understand or, why this right. became such I a mean, big those deal. Places, All of a sudden, your goodness. kid gets hit with a garbage can. Like yeah. Philly's a whole different thing. I just, I wanted to know from you because we said it on the show. I go, look, she's done this routinely. I'm tired of it. But when you, there is no one, I don't care if you're 18 beers deep, no one is a big enough degenerate to boo a three year old child. It just is no. not plausible. No, absolutely not. And I think that that might have been part of. Stafford's response after the game when I think what was it? No, it wasn't Rigger. Um somebody asked, Are you happy for the city? And he said, oh, I'm happy for the players. That might have been a shot at, hey, you're booing me. Or maybe my wife told me you're booing the kids in that moment. You're probably emotional. But no, I thought that was kind of a cheap shot on her end, you know, saying they were going after the kids. I can't what I did guarantee you make? there wasn't one single person in that building trying to boo children. No, I thank uh, you. Come on. I just wanted to make happen. sure I'm not crazy. No, we're all on the same page. What did you make of Stafford going after Kirby Joseph? Now, look, things happen on the field. He's taken up for his guy. Yeah. I defended Kirby in this regard. The league has said you cannot go after guys chest, shoulder, neck, head. Can't yeah. do it. No. So if I can't do that, I got to take your legs. I don't think Kirby Joseph's a dirty player. I think you blame the league, not the player. Yeah. Obviously, Stafford went after player. Well, he's the opposing quarterback. What's your view as a former player? If I can't hit you high, I got to hit you low. Yeah, I thought that. I think that Stafford rewatching the replays and the audio that just came out a couple days ago, I think he took umbrage to, you know, Kirby was kind of standing up and flexing. So I think it was more of the celebration. I don't think Kirby knew that he hurt him, but I think that's what Stafford, because there was kind of a slight pause there where he kind of looked and was like, oh man. And then he saw him celebrating. 
And I think that's what he took offense to. But no, you're absolutely right. And you know, if I was a sec, if I was a safety, I'd say, do. hey, okay, guess what? I'm going to go high. But when they throw a flag, you need to decline it because that's what you want me to do. Or hey, sign a piece of paper that says if you hit me in the chest and I get fifteen thousand dollar fine next week, that's coming out of your pocket. See, you I, want me to I, take, I now wonder. You want me to take care of your guys, right? What do you want me to do? Not that he is, but he, is Kirby Joseph going to start getting that reputation of being a dirty player? Now that you've ended the career. Not the career, but the season of two players yeah. in one season. And Stafford is saying, you know, I've seen it on tape. You're dirty. Like, word is going around the NFL. Hey, watch out for Kirby Joseph. He may, like, you know, he, he takes pride in if not you're going out the low. Game. They can't do anything to you. Look, his yeah. guy, DeMonte Kazee, the, the kid who got suspended the rest of the year in Pittsburgh. Now, he goes after people's heads like Chuck Cecil used to. Well, he's a dirty player. What did the league do? They sat him down the rest of the year. I'm saying if the league doesn't Chuck change the rules. I know. All right, that was old school. Right? That was just like, Shout out Steve Atwater. But, like, you just, I don't know what you want guys to do. It's like hitting the quarterback. Yeah, there's nothing else he could have done. Where am I supposed to hit you? I can't go low. I can't go high. I... What am I doing? And, and Tom Brady's had some good rants on on this over the past couple months, too. Is He, he blames the quarterback. And look, Matthew Stafford threw that ball high. He Tyler Higby had to go up, and he kind of bobbled it and tipped it. And you're putting your guys' you know, health in danger when you do that. But as far as Kirby Joseph being a dirty player, I think he's only been flagged one other time for a hit that was in the Minnesota game, and he went high on Justin Jefferson. So you realize if I go high, not only is it a 15-yard penalty – you're probably getting docked $20,000, too. So you know what? If you want the rules changed, uh, until the rules are changed, I'm going to keep going low. And it's not like he, I don't think he intentionally goes for people's knees. I think he's no. going for the thigh board. And sometimes when you land and you plant and you're getting hit at the same time, it's a recipe for disaster. But it is what it is, man. It's football. It's a violent game. And these guys in the secondary, it's a split-second decision you have to make. I don't think Kirby Kirby uh, Joseph has done anything wrong on that hit or the TJ. No, and again, I, I think if you ask any player in the game, and I know Tariqo and Collinsworth talked about it, if you ask any of these wide receivers, do you want us to protect your head or protect your legs, your knees? They would choose the latter. Because these hits, like you know when you catch a ball over the middle, you're going to get smoked. Yeah. The difference is with these hits, when guys are going low, man, if your foot happens to be planted – your season's over. Yeah. Your leg's on back. And it is what it is. But like I said, hey, if there, if you want to come to an understanding where if you go over the middle field and I right. go high at you, you and I get the flat, if I get if I get flagged for that, you need to decline it or else I'm going at your knees for the rest of the game. I need from you an X factor for both teams. Okay. One guy. Something. Yeah. Interesting. Get creative. And then we have a new catchphrase we want you to pass along to Dan Miller. Oh, I heard. Okay, then, <laughs> Not, Hungry Howie. You're an idiot. Not happening. <laughs> 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 And I need you to give enthusiasm. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, David on the ticket text. We're going to get TJ's X Factors. We got to see if we can get him to get Dan Miller's new tagline introduced. Uh, David, what do you got first? Someone saying artificial turf is what's to blame for the Kirby hit and injuries, not Kirby's hit itself. You agree with that, TJ? Uh, 
Could I mean, I'm not going to blame it all on turf, but there is a part of turf that once you plant at that particular moment, grass will give out a little bit. Um, turf I don't is, know if turf grass is, is going help that knee. No, but uh, you know what I mean? But when you get hit when you plant, sometimes grass will allow your foot to at least slide out under you. Where turf, it's just sticky, and once your foot's planted, it's planted. Okay. So we kind of saw the same thing with Laporta a couple weeks ago, right? Once he planted in turf, I mean, it's... Especially when you're wearing those studs. You see that the knee bend and yeah, when that, it goes the wrong way. Like when you're yeah. wearing the you know the the eleven studs, the cleats that a lot of these guys do, the molded uh, on turf. It's you got to move your feet fast because it it can be really sticky. David, uh, someone's texting in asking or thanking TJ. Uh, thank you for not getting kicked out of the game last week, TJ. Um, we appreciate you. That was kind of overblown. Um, to explain to the okay, people. Well, have you been? Have you been? Down the tunnel at Ford Field, yes. there's they have like kind of that suite there for mm-hmm. all the people that can sit on the on the uh, the first row behind the field bunker um, suites as we call yeah, them. Yeah, so it's kind of a dog pit there when the opposing teams come through, and sometimes the officials, which happened last week, and uh, we were all kind of wondering at the end of the first half why they called Taylor Decker for the false start instead of the offsides. That was horrible. Yeah, right, and. and Pretty big call. I mean, that took points off the board, you know. So uh, I'm standing at the top of the tunnel with a couple guys, and they're asking me as the offensive lineman, "What did Decker do?" And I'm like, "I don't." I'm looking up the replay on my phone, and we're watching it. And during that moment, the referees came out, and the you know the fans are sitting there <laughs> kind of chirping at him, and I've got the replay, and I kind of you know I got a little. You showed it to the rest. Got a little, you know, ticked off at the time. Well, I didn't. I wasn't like right in the You're face. gonna lose this. You gotta watch this. Like, hey, Oh, what is it? Oh, since when is this a false start? You know, and I didn't. It wasn't. It was overblown. It wasn't anything serious. But the one guy did kind of walk by and gave me that look, you know. And I was like, okay, I have no room to. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't talk to him. But he went, which I NBA coach say, just did bad. that? He put the laptop up and showed the bad call. That was the Kings coach, Sacramento Kings coach. <laughs> yeah, he showed Mike the Brown. Ba- yeah, Mike Brown uh, said, "Here's a laptop. Here's what they did wrong. Look at this." Like DJ was. <laughs> I kind of had a. Uh, I had a. Bad judgment call. I went back into player mode because players sometimes it's you, you ask for an explanation. And yeah, at but that what the hell is that guy going to do to you? <laughs> I don't know. He got, You'd already booed Stanford's had, kids. Think, the least you could do is get the call right. I think he had asked, you know, if I want an early ride home or something. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I shouldn't. Early be ride home. <laughs> He's going to get too kicked out the well, game. Well, wait, wait a second. What are you, Dominic <laughs> the, the, the Sandro? You didn't hey, go Dom, shoving a linebacker. Hey, Dan Lomas, hey, get your boy under control right now. Yeah, wow, guy. but it was uh, it was a little bit overblown, and like I said, I I learned my lesson. I should not have done that. But just the makeup at Ford Field, it's the only stadium I've ever been in where, you know, the referees walk right by yeah. everybody, the players, the fans sitting right there, and it's like kind of a it's it's kind of a dog pit down oh, there, yeah. if you, especially if you could be the referee. So uh, maybe it made up for it. But maybe after, in the, maybe in the second half, Mike, after, maybe in the second half they were tucking their flag. That's like, exactly. I don't want right. to. I don't want to deal with that big dude at the end of the tunnel. Guys, game. you don't understand <laughs> it. I got a man baby on seventeen zins, and he's harassing me. The second half. The Lions no, got several <laughs> friendly whistles. Right, right the uh, the third and fifteen uh, Nakua. How about, yes, how about the homicide of Matthew Stafford? There's still yeah. a chalk outline where he landed. Yeah. My point is, I'd rather have a bad call in the first half and get a few where to keep the flag in their pocket because TJ intimidated <laughs> an official. I'll be waiting because I think that that call changed. If if they throw the flag, you see the jersey getting held. Yeah. I think the Rams score. Now, 
The Lions would have had enough yeah. time. We're still four and a half minutes. Right, I said they would have had enough time to go down the field, but TJ changed the game. <laughs> TJ changed the game. I guess he, he did. He pulled a Liam Neeson. <laughs> I have I a very particular it, set of skills. It, it will never happen again. <laughs> I will find you and I will kill you. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> God, did you see that monster at the end of the tunnel? I'm not. Hey, I'm, not I'm not calling. Hey, <laughs> hey, look at me. He threw a dip bomb. Well, let's replay. It was, uh, he was playing the role of ba- Look at me! Did you take the dip the- out of your mouth and throw it at him? <laughs> no. no, no. Get the no. call right! <laughs> Flop. <laughs> Splat. <laughs> All right. I'm pretty sure I would have been leaving if I would have done that. An <laughs> early ride home. Yeah. You only live in the darkness. I was born in the darkness. <laughs> oh. oh, is that Bane? Yeah. Okay, see? I'm, I'm hip. I'm All cool. Right. <laughs> I actually like the Batman movies, even though I don't like comic books. Those are good movies. No? Bad? I'm not supposed to like those? No. You can like them. They're better than that Marvel crap. 248 539 You can never just leave well enough alone. All right. David, any other ticket texts? And I want to keep it timely. We got to get to the picks. No, we're good. We're all set? We're all set. Shout out TJ, intimidating officials. Dad. Shout out TJ, booing children. Overstep. This is going to be exciting. Going to be. Wait till you see what TJ's going to do this weekend. <laughs> Calling all blacks. <laughs> <For a>, uh, <laughs> hey, are you going to get Dan Miller his new call? Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> Bye-bye, TJ. See you. It's been great seeing you, buddy. Go back to New York. Go to New York. You're out. All right, let's get to it. It is the divisional round. It is time for the picks. David, I'm going to I'm gonna need you to drop a beat here. Here's your rat line of the week, people. Ding, 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 boom, boom. Touchdown. Touchdown, black guy. Those are the picks. Brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. David and I both sizzling at eight and four. TJ, my God, three and nine. It's okay. We forgive Rough you. Rough week. Let's get to the pick, shall we? We lead off Texans, Ravens in Baltimore. Ravens laying nine and a half. The total, 43 and a half. We go to Rico Beard. Man, I want to uh, take the Texans so bad because I don't know if Lamar is going to be playoff Lamar or regular season Lamar. Then be a man and do it. But I'm going to go with the Ravens. You coward. I'm just All trying. day I've had to hear about the, the damn Texans. Take the Texans with the nine and a half. Why don't you do it with your pick? Fine. You know what? Fine. I'll take the Texans. Yes. How about the total? I'm going to go under. Excellent work. We go to Kenneth Cott. Mike, you see that black? Exactly. You don't need to talk me into this one. I'm going with the Texans in the over. Because, Kenny, you're a man of constitution and conviction. We go to David Hatchet, Manhall. I have a big one. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let the world know. Uh, The Texans have had a wonderful year. CJ Stroud has looked amazing. But this week, Lamar's been quoted as saying he thinks about the Super Bowl a lot. He wants to really make it. So I think he's going to. I now feel really good about my Texans pick. Okay, well, the Ravens are still win. The Texans yeah, may keep won't. it close, but the Ravens all day in this one. I also go under. All right, go, let's go to our very own referee intimidator, TJ Lang. Go I blast the player's wife. Oh, my. Oh, come on. Oh, my. Good Lord. Oh, my. <laughs> I thought this was a safe space. Oh, my. <laughs> 
Roberto He's booing <laughs> children and blasting. Okay. I wow. Don't know. What are we talking about? Texans rave. I think uh, I'm a. It's <laughs> disgusting. Good Lord. <laughs> I'm taking the Texans. I think the Ravens, um, look, Lamar Jackson hasn't played since New Year's Eve. Uh, they didn't play the last yeah. game of the year. and Well rested. By last week. I, I think that could be a recipe to maybe come out a little bit sluggish. I, I think the Ravens still win the game, but I think Texans cover. and Total. I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over. I think both offenses got potential to put up 30-plus points. All right, we're outside, 20 degrees. You, you ain't on that fast track indoors anymore, and it still is a rookie quarterback. It's been fun, Texans. Wave goodbye. Your Ubers here. Ravens, and I'm going to go under. I think the Ravens going to get after them this week. Let's go Packers-Niners, like three hours south of San Francisco, I don't know, wherever that stadium is. <laughs> Santa Clara. Niners laying nine and a half. Your total is 50 and a half, Mr. Rico Beard. I'm going to go Hello. With- I'm going to go with the over. I think uh, this is going to be a lot of points being scored by both teams. But I think the Niners will cover. Give me the Niners. I don't believe that there is any explanation for this right here. I mean, you can go all over the world and not see nothing as bad as this right here. You fat piece of shit. Stephen A., <laughs> my God. Oh, God. <laughs> Steven, please. Kenny? Am I supposed to follow that? Uh, Ah, Just caught a stray. Just, okay. uh, I think the Packers. Stephen A. Smith. Lord. Oh, my God. He's been waiting for a while. New Orleans has been waiting for a while. All right, someone turn his mic off. Kenny, please. Uh, I think this is where the Packers' fun ride comes to an end. Niners will cover. It'll be the under two. All right, we go to Hatchet Man. Yeah, this game is definitely going over. While I really, really would enjoy the 49ers to lose, it's not going to happen. They're not even going to keep it close. 49ers all day. Over to Thomas John Lang. I think for the same reasons I took the Texans, I'm going to take the Packers. Niners starters haven't played in a few weeks now. I know. What I'm not is. saying the Packers are going to win the game, but the Packers also have that, hey, we're the last team in. We have no pressure. There's no stress. Nobody expected us to be here. Let's go have fun type of attitude to them. And I think that uh, that could be a recipe to – Maybe surprise San Fran. Maybe not pull out the win, but cover that nine and a half points. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the under on this one. I don't know why. I think it just looks kind of weird. It could end up being a 24 to 17 type of game. Uh, but I think the Packers are going to cover that number, and I, I'm going to tend on being under that 50 points. Niners, I, I'm going down with oh, the ship. Yeah. Niners my favorite play of the week. I just, listen, Packers played the game of their life. Niners arrested. They're at home. And last I checked, that bum Joe Barry is still coordinating that defense. <laughs> They're uh, just so hit and miss, though. That's what I mean. And the They're Niners, so hit and miss. Niners are a monolith. Yeah, you, you, you are. You hit me with every data point. I'm gonna go wow. Niners. Late in nine and a half. I'm actually going over. I think Niners could approach forty points in this game. I, I, I think it's gonna be like David in his free time. Niners gonna be getting somebody pregnant in this puppy. <laughs> Let's go over to uh, Buccaneers Lions this is celebration. Thank you, Mark. Lions laying six and a half. Your We're total. Did this one last. Uh, okay, you're right. We were doing the chronological, but you're fine. Chiefs, Bills, Bills laying two and a half. Your total, 45 and a half. Mr. Beer. I think this is it. This is where Josh Allen and the Bills, you finally get Kansas City. Go on after your home turf. Give me the Bills. Give me the over. Mr. Cott. I heard uh, Cookies likes the Chiefs here, and that's Mr. Smarm himself. Who's so- we? 
your week, Cookies. I'm going to take the Bills, and I'm going to take the over. Yeah, the Cookies picking the Chiefs is kind of tough there, but. Now, you know what that is. He's a slap. Yeah. He loves the Chiefs. He still thinks it's 2020. I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I think the Bills are going to be slamming some people across that table. So I'm going to go uh, Bills and the under. TJ. Well, let's make it four straight because I'm taking the Bills too. Are you and, really? Yeah, just a couple weeks ago, you know, I said, hey, they might be my favorite to come out of the AFC. Just the way that their offense has potential to score a ton of points. Josh Allen's so freaking fun to watch, man. Um, I'm going to take the under too. It always seems like when these two teams match yes. up, it's 24-20, 23-17 type of game. I don't know what the weather's going to be like in Buffalo. People can't lined be, up can't to be pleasant. Us. No, they got people lined up to shovel the snow. It can't I mean it ain't going to be pleasant. I'll put it that way. I'm going to take the Bills winning 24-20. Yeah, and last time they faced each other, 20 to 17. You're right yeah. on with it. The under for me. My issue and why I don't love the game itself. The Bills injuries, three of four in the secondary are hurt, questionable injuries at the linebacker level. If if David's bum-ass Steelers and Mason Rudolph could begin moving the football on them, that gives me pause. But I'll, I'll go with Buffalo because if I have to look at Pat Mahomes yelling at people anymore, my head's going to explode. Travis, Travis Kelsey looks uh, uh, what do you washed. Three drop passes? He's done. Last week? Oof. Just go get married already and leave Oof. us alone. All might right. as well play for the Eagles. Okay, then Bucks <laughs> lions Lions laying six and a half. Your total 48 and a half, Mr. Beard. Once again, I think this game goes over. Hey, who doesn't want free wings? This game goes over in points. But I think the Buccaneers keep it close. Give me the Buccaneers and the points. We go to a, a, a less nervous Kenny Cott. Last week you were on the verge of passing out. This week you're very calm. Yeah, it's because they finally got over the hump. I'm going to take the Lions, lay the points, and the under, just barely. Okay. Hatchet. Yeah, I'm going to make this pick for Detroit. I really want Detroit to be in the NFC Championship game, but it will be the Bucks that keep it close, but it will be over as well. All right, so David taking the points, and there will be points scored. TJ, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I'm going to start with the under. I could see this being a kind of a classic. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if – both offenses struggle a little bit to figure out what the opposing defenses are throwing at them game plan-wise. Um, so I'm going to take the under on that, and, you know, I'm going to take the Lions. I could see it maybe being a 27-17 type of game. You could see a, a long drive and a field goal to put it to two scores late in this fourth quarter. Uh, give me the Lions and give me the under. Oh, boy. Touchdown, Detroit black guy. That's Dan Miller's <laughs> new call debuting Sunday. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> TJ, can you can you talk to Dan about it? It'd be a great addition no. to the broadcast. If, if JMO scores, come on. No. Touchdown, no. Detroit black guy. <laughs> Maybe we can just get that looped into our broadcast. <laughs> so none of us have to say it. <laughs> Jameer Gibbs, handoff. He makes it into the touchdown. Jameer Gibbs. Touchdown, Detroit black guy. <laughs> they did it. All right. Um... Oh, so ridiculous. Fourth and two for the Lions. They hand it off to David All Montgomery. Right. Touchdown, Detroit black guy. Let's just get it out of your system. Uh, give me the points, and I'm going to go over. I, I think it'll be a higher scoring game, and I feel like Ben Johnson and Goff will have answers for the blitz. Lions should be able to approach 30 points. But you're taking Tampa in the points? I, I got to just because yeah, when your defense looks like the Lions – they could be up 14 in total control like TJ's talking about and a late garbage TD 
And you lose the or cover, not the game. Yeah, or the Lions are up by four. They force the Bucks to go for it on the fourth down, and they don't get it. But they win, but just the Bucks. All right, yeah. you guys are just making excuses. Come on. What do you mean? Lions are winning. The, you're, you're the, talking no, no, we're saying they're we're winning. winning. I'm saying. Okay, shut up. Lions are going to win this game. I Right. We just said that. But I got to take the, the Five points. ten. <laughs> Why don't you <laughs> go <laughs> boo some children <laughs> again? Somebody could tip a ball. Ugh. Touchdown! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we could miss a tackle. Uh. Oh, I like it. Shut up. Hey, can you do the imitation again where we're like, wow, Rico, really nice job with the prop magazine last week. <laughs> <laughs> More yards. Amon Ross St. Brown or Dan Skipper? Wow. Oh, Rico. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, wow. That's outstanding. I gotta take Amon Ross. Eh, That's outstanding. <laughs> oh, it's great, right? I mean, I got it. Uh, I have to. That's you the know, pick. Could get one out of the. I don't know. Boy, I keep booing those little kids, man. You're doing God's work. Ninety-seven. <laughs> All-star closer, Kenley Jansen. We have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.